Today's program has been brought to you by Hearst Ranch, the nation's largest single-source supplier of free-range, all-natural, grass-fed, and grass-finished beef. For more information, visit HearstRanch.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We are Groundworks Inc. I'm Alice Marcus-Krieg. I'm solo today again, unfortunately. Uh, Carmen is taking a uh, restful hiatus, which is long deserved. Um, Groundworks designs, installs, and maintains gardens in and around New York City. And We Dig Plants brings the culture to horticulture. So we're going to talk today about the culture of food in New York City and the food and farming situation. Uh, we, we have a great guest today. We're talking with City Harvest, which is a New York City institution, um, which is a giant in the industry. Uh, for our New York City listeners, I think we're all pretty accustomed to seeing the big white City Harvest trucks picking up from restaurants and delivering food to food banks and shelters, etc. So today we're going to focus on the farms that give food to City Harvest, uh, being that we're on the heels of Thanksgiving. So we had the opportunity to learn more about those City Harvest trucks this fall when we designed an entry garden for their new shipping warehouse in Long Island City, which is on the Newtown Creek, um, where that creek meets the East River. And it's a fantastic, beautiful site. Um, so today, as our guest, we have Matthew Reich, Vice President of Operations with City Harvest. He's going to explain more about what they do and how they get the food, not only from the city restaurants, but also from the farms. Welcome, Matthew. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So um, a few days have passed now since Thanksgiving, and we're heading into Christmas. This is your busiest season for you all, right? You know, this is the time of year that uh, New Yorkers are especially generous in donating food to City Harvest, and we also are running a very, very large citywide food drive um, sponsored by the Daily News, and we also so we have an extra thirty to forty extra pickups every day of shelf stable foods that we pick up that New Yorkers drop off at post at uh, police stations, fire departments. Uh, you know, schools in the city. And, yeah, we, we hope to rescue 10 million pounds of food uh, between, you know, the, the end of October and the beginning, middle of uh, January. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Tell our listeners a little bit about the history of City Harvest and how and when it all got started. Well, City Harvest started about 30 years ago with when a woman in the, who was working in a soup kitchen went to a restaurant and she realized that there was extra food at the restaurant was throwing out every day, and she thought, wow, why don't I just pick this food up 
and bring it to the soup kitchen and feed people who don't have any money and who need food. And so she started in her station wagon, rescuing food from restaurants, bringing it directly to soup kitchens and food pantries. And 30 years later, we've grown into you know the, the world's largest food rescue organization, which means that we rescue food from all, uh, all channels of food distribution uh, business, manufacturers, wholesalers, restaurants, retailers, farmers, and we rescue food and bring it to uh, agencies completely for free, uh, distributing it to soup kitchens and food pantries in the five boroughs. Okay. And nope. Go Sorry. Ahead. Go, well, I was just going to say, um, tell us some stats. You guys have some phenomenal numbers that you deal with. Yeah. So this year we will rescue and deliver about forty-two million pounds of food. Forty-two million. Wow. Forty-two million pounds. Uh, if you you know look at that on a daily basis, five days a week, it's about 150,000 pounds a day. So we have 21 trucks mm-hmm. on the road today, delivering food, rescuing food, and delivering food. Uh, and they're you know 18 foot refrigerated trucks. And we also have a tractor trailer, refrigerated tractor trailer, delivering food. Okay. And we we have a warehouse in Long Island City that you talked about on the on the banks of Newtown Creek which unfortunately flooded during Hurricane Sandy. Right. That's a different story. That's a different story. Yeah, we'll talk about and, that later. <laughs> <laughs> and the, uh, the warehouse today has about 1.3 million pounds of inventory in it. And the warehouse has uh, 1,700 pallet positions. So in addition to food that we rescue from restaurants and from uh, supermarkets and from BJ's and from Fresh Direct and from Hunts Point. We, we also get food from uh, farmers uh, all over the United States who have surplus food who ship it to our warehouse. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. So it's all over the United States. Well, yeah. About half of our food comes from within the five boroughs and half of our food, which is local food, and then half of our food comes from farmers all over the United States. Uh, about 60% of what we rescue and deliver is fresh fruits and vegetables. So that will be about 25 million pounds this year uh, of fresh fruits and vegetables. So we're really in the fresh fruits and vegetables business. Okay. So let me ask you this, because I've actually had the opportunity to, to tour your facility um, in Long Island City. And I was so impressed by the, uh, I mean, obviously the volume. So when you get all this food into the shipping facility, how do you like sort through it and disseminate who gets what? And and are some of the vendors that you then deliver to, are they picky ever? Uh, You know, we deliver to food kitchens and uh, sorry soup kitchens and food pantries all over the five boroughs we have a We have a network of agencies who are feeding probably three hundred thousand people a week, and those agencies are feeding hungry New Yorkers who are working don't have enough money to to buy food and pay the rent and drugs and gas and commute to work. Right. They may they may be getting food stamps and they run out of food stamps in the third week of the month. Uh, it's a real expensive city to live in, as right. we all know. Uh-huh. And so we help them survive by distributing food to these agencies. So the food that comes in that we pick up in the five boroughs every day at Hunts Point, at restaurants, at Fresh Direct, at Tomcat Bakery, we deliver directly to agencies that same day. So we don't even bring it back to our oh, warehouse. Okay. We pick it up. We pick up 
you know, uh, let's say um, cottage cheese at Fresh Direct that may have two days shelf life left on it, and we bring it directly to a food pantry in Queens, and people are eating it that night. Okay. Is there is there is there a, a product that is always in excess? Like I would imagine bread. I always see the bread out um, on the streets, you know, waiting for the pickup. You know what's amazing in America is that we have, according to the USDA, a hundred billion pounds of surplus food, including six billion pounds of produce. So, this is you know totally United States total food chain. So even if that's off by a factor of 10, mm-hmm. which I don't think it is, you know, there's 10 billion pounds of surplus food. Surplus food exists in every single part of the food supply chain. Manufacturers, farmers, wholesalers, bakeries, retailers, restaurants, they all have surplus food. And it's perfectly healthy, uh, safe, right. delicious food. It's just, you know, when, when, when a... When a uh, uh, a, a bakery bakes um, right. bread. More than they, 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 yeah, they have to. They generally bake more than they're planning on selling because they don't want to run out. Sure. When when uh, um, you know Trader Joe's or Whole Foods uh, ends the day and they have bread on the shelves, they can throw it out. But you know, there's nothing wrong with it. They don't sell it. They give it to City Harvest. So mm-hmm. we pick up food from you know, all the retailers in New York City and a lot of the sandwich shops. So Pret-a-Manger, for example. I mean, Pret makes sandwiches every day fresh. And at the end of the day, we have uh, an employee actually who rides a cargo bike, who rides around Midtown on a cargo bike and picks up uh, food, leftover sandwiches at Pret-a-Manger and brings them directly to soup kitchens where people eat them that night. Okay. So So that's typically what we do. That's yeah. It's it's actually remarkable, and and I always think of you all as worker bees. You just see the little trucks zooming here and zooming there, and and then you know to hear the the statistics and and the amount of people that you're feeding, and 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 the waste, you know, quote unquote waste that you're disseminating. It's it's remarkable and it's amazing. Well, you know, when you talk about waste, it's it, you know the, like the most important thing to us is food safety and sanitation, right? And unfortunately, it's surplus food that's growing in the United States. So there's billions of pounds of produce that farmers grow and then either can't find a market for, Mm -hmm. or the market is so low it doesn't pay them to take it out of the ground and pack it and ship it. Right. Or it may have, you know, maybe pears with brown spots on it. There's nothing wrong with the pear, but supermarkets don't want to sell it because it doesn't look perfect. Retail ready. Exactly. yeah, so it's fine to eat, and and we, so we get a lot of pears, apples, uh, you know, potatoes, sweet potatoes that are off size off sizes. We get, I mean, last week we got an entire tractor trailer load of sweet potatoes from a farmer that were too big. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with them; they're just too big to sell in the supermarket. So <laughs> he could either throw them, he could throw them in a landfill, or he could donate them to City Harvest. Yeah, and and take a, a write off too, which is which is good, right? Uh, well, farmers actually are doing it more out of the kindness of their hearts. Farmers can't take a write off, a tax write off, because uh, they've already you know spent the money to plant the oh the right crops. yeah. Okay. So it's it's not. It's, I mean, it's, there's no tax advantage to them to do it, but farmers 
you know, they're in the farm, they're in the food business, mm-hmm. and they they don't want to throw food away. Right. Sure. And you know, they feel terrible when when there's you know the potatoes are too small or too big or the onions are, you know, the the supermarket doesn't want to sell them because they're the wrong color or shape and size, and so they don't want to throw them away. They want to give them to City Harvest. So how do you get connected with the farmers then? Well, we've had relationships directly with farmers in Orange County for about 25 years. And, you know, one of the hidden secrets of New York is that we've got this um, black dirt country up in Orange County around Warwick, New York, which is an amazing growing area. Uh, Just farms. And they are growing... uh, all kinds. I mean, they're the farmers that you see at the farmers markets in New York City. Mm-hmm. And in addition to farmers markets outlets, they also sell their product wholesale. And so we deal directly with those farmers, um, both at the New York City green markets. You know, Grow NYC at uh, at Union Square Green Market, for instance. You know, we we have volunteers who come at the end of every market day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And they walk around to the farmers at the end of the market day and pick up whatever the farmers don't want to take back to the farm or can't, don't want to, you know, couldn't sell. And mm-hmm. those volunteers load it onto a city harvest truck at six or seven o'clock at night, and we bring it directly to a, uh, you know, food, ki- a, a soup kitchen or food or uh, a food pantry in Manhattan where people eat it. And so those farmers know city harvest, and so when they have, you know, five pallets or a full truckload of of uh, butternut squash or a full pallet of cabbage that they can't sell or that's surplus, they call us and we drive to Orange County and pick it up. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever deal with some of the rooftop farms that are starting to Yeah, some of the apparent? rooftop farms also have surplus. So mm-hmm. the rooftop farms, you know, both in Queens and in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. when they have surplus product or, or lettuce that they can't sell, mm-hmm. uh they give us a call and we're happy to go over and pick it up. That's great. And and so we are we end up being able to supply the the, the our clients, you know, hungry New Yorkers with an amazing variety of food. You know, fresh, healthy greens, uh squashes, um peppers. It's just sort of amazing. I mean, when I see what we're giving out, I I, I when I shop at a supermarket, you know, I'm paying 3.99 a pound for, you know, tomatoes. And, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we're giving away for free to uh, hungry New Yorkers. It's a really, it, it really is a fulfilling job. Right. Is is there ever anything that, like, you have too much of, like zucchinis, you know? <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it's just like, just like uh, everybody, you know, we, we source most of our produce from local farms and, uh, you know, New York State is the number one cabbage producing state in the United States. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you knew that, but I mean, we grow more cabbage than anybody else. I did not know and, that. Yeah. So we often, and in January and February, you know, cabbage is in storage uh-huh. in upstate New York. And, you know, for the past couple of years, um, we've been blessed with truckloads of cabbage. So sometimes, yeah, we you know after a couple of weeks of eating cabbage, it's yeah, <laughs> we, we, you know we have we get too much cabbage. But it it you know there are also times of years, believe it or not, New York City, you know, is a major port for banana boats. So 
So there are a bunch. There there are a couple of banana boats that show up from Latin America every every week, mm-hmm. and you know the banana boats probably have let's say 400 containers of bananas on them. If one percent of those containers are bad, that means that they've gotten wet. During shipping, or they're too ripe. You know, they've got to, they've got to be green to, mm-hmm. to go into the distribution channel. Right. One um, percent means that there's 160,000 pounds of bananas, and some weeks during the year we get inundated with bananas. Mm-hmm. And so we share cool. them with other. We actually share them with other food with with food banks and other food rescue organizations because we're all part of a network. And so if we get too many bananas or too much cabbage, we'll call our friends in Long Island or in New Jersey and right. you know, right. ask them to come and pick it up. Right. Okay, we have to take a break. Stay on the line, Matthew, and we'll be right back. You're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. You're listening to Leaving by Dead Stars on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Ranch grass-fed beef, pasture-raised on 150,000 acres in Central California. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, free-range, sustainably produced, humane. Hearst Ranch grass-fed beef, the authentic flavor of the American West. Welcome back. You're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. We're talking with Matthew Reich, Vice President of Operations at City Harvest Organization. Now, when I first moved to New York, as you can imagine, I was completely overwhelmed. New York is a crazy place. But I found respite in the farmer's markets and in the food and in the farmers and in the horticulture. I knew that in the midst of all this hustle bustle, there were people like me that were interested in food and farming and and uh, the fine balance and dichotomy of city and country. So I remember seeing all those city harvest trucks and it's wonderful to finally be able to learn more about you all. Um, we had, before the break, we were talking about the farmers and what they're what they grow and how you get connected. So tell us, Matthew, what's the range geographically of farmers that you deal with? You said you deal nationally. Yeah, I mean, most of the farm food that we get comes from, you know, a local 
eight-hour drive from New York City. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the Hudson Valley is a great source for us. New Jersey is a great source for us. We, we got, I think, 300,000 pounds of peaches from a peach farmer in southern New Jersey last summer. And, uh, you know, we do get some produce from, I'd say, that comes from Florida out to as far west as Detroit and as far north as Maine. So mostly the East Coast. You know, when we deal with a farmer and he has surplus food, uh, it's usually, generally, we have to pick it up. You know, we'll get a call from a farmer in, in Georgia, and he will have, you know, sweet potatoes that are too big. And they could he say, well, you know, if you come and pick them up, they're yours. Yeah. So, you know, the freight right. rates have, have almost doubled in the past year. So we yeah. used to be able to go to Georgia and pick up sweet potatoes for, you know, $1,500 a trailer, and now it's costing $2,700 a trailer. Right, so, right. you know, we're very careful about what we spend because, you know, we raise money from donations to pay for our trucking and our salaries and our warehouse operations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we want to spend, we want to spend, I mean, our goal is to spend, you know, 91 cents uh, of every dollar we raise on emergency food operations. Mm-hmm. And we try to, we try to, you know, rescue and deliver a pound of food, total cost all in for about 25 cents a pound. Okay. So is it only produce or do you deal in meat and dairy as well? No, we do meat and dairy. When we go to uh, BJ's um, store in, in Queens, mm-hmm. we pick up you know, fresh dairy and fresh meat and uh, bakery and produce. Um, you know, we 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 will pick up anything that Dagasinos gives us, mm-hmm. and it's uh, you know we we have great retail partners. So we're sourcing pretty much a little bit of everything. Right. What we don't so what we don't source a lot of is is canned goods. I mean, we're really you know canned goods because they have a shelf life. Um, you know, they're very shelf stable, and so we generally get products that are less shelf stable because we're fast enough and nimble enough to pick stuff up, pick up food and deliver it to people who can eat it that day. Um, This time of year, of course, we also get a lot of turkeys and we've distributed since the beginning of November over 11,000 turkeys to families all over New York City. And the turkeys were purchased by us from a wholesaler. And also turkeys came in from all kinds of organizations and foundations and companies that just decided to, you know, donate 500 turkeys to City Harvest or 300 turkeys to City Harvest. So there's, there's you know, the generosity of New Yorkers, especially since Hurricane Sandy, has just been overwhelming. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I was actually just wanting to talk about that. Um, what's, I, I mean, I can't believe... You, how you guys operated it's remarkable um on you know for sandy which is in itself just a huge undertaking of getting food out there and then thanksgiving and now christmas you guys just must be working around the clock even more so yeah yeah it's been pretty much seven days a week since uh october 31st yeah um you know when we came in on wednesday and there's there's a lot of information about our hurricane sandy relief efforts that that's on our website if you go to cityharvest.org you can you can see what we've done how many people we've helped uh and you know the ways in which anybody who wants to help city harvest can they can figure out to volunteer time or donate food or donate money. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all on our website, cityharvest.org. Yeah, so I wanted to also mention that you guys have an amazing volunteer network and organizational 
ability um, to, to get volunteers uh, working on, yep. on this and behalf. The, yep, absolutely. And since the hurricane, we, we've been running three shifts a day of volunteers in our warehouse in Long Island City repacking food to provide emergency food boxes and, and emergency pantry bags to Hurricane Sandy victims. So right. we've had a couple of thousand volunteers working in Long Island City since uh, the beginning of uh, since the beginning of November, and uh, you know there, we also use volunteers at all the green markets. Um, you know all the volunteer opportunities are available to check out on our website. You know it's cityharvest.org, but we have a very well organized. Uh, volunteer management group here mm-hmm. who can plug you right in. We yeah. also have we also need volunteers at our mobile markets, which are uh, neighborhood distributions of fresh fruits and vegetables that we operate in five neighborhoods in New York City, and we give fresh fruits and vegetables away directly to clients in those neighborhoods. And we always need volunteers to work the mobile markets. And who are those clients? Are are they? The clients are people who just need some extra help. Okay. They need help. You know, they're they're people who don't have enough money to to feed their families, uh-huh. and uh, you know, this is a way that everybody can give back is volunteering mm-hmm. for City Harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned earlier that we um, did a garden. Um, on the creek that that fronts your shipping facility, so it was designed to be um, really a an entertainment space and like a welcoming space for your volunteers, and to also act as a possible fundraising event space because you're on such a unique piece of property um, in Long Island City. So we designed all these decks and these plantings, and it was just heartbreaking when we saw the damage of the rising creek waters that that overcame that whole front entry. And then just also knowing that, you know, budget was such a concern when we were designing that garden and then knowing that that money was so tight and then to have it be, you know, 50%, 60% ruined was, was just heartbreaking, knowing the good work that you all do. Uh, it still looks good, though. I have to tell you, the deck—you know—the deck is warped, and the yeah. and some of the some of the plants died, but the rest, what's there, is still looks good. And people are walking on it every day, and uh, you know, it's a surprisingly resilient garden that, that you guys did there. Well, we're gonna we're gonna you know come back in the spring or, or see what we can do at the end of of this season now to to you know help you guys overwinter it and then have it looking great for next spring because I, I, you know, this is how you make money and this is so many people come in and out of your facility. Um, and we really want to help you all do that. So that's going to be, thank you. That's very generous. Yeah. Um, I think we're at the end of our show. Unfortunately, is there any final thoughts that you have other than visit the website and volunteer? No, I think visiting cityharvest.org and volunteering and, you know, just thank your listeners for being so generous to their fellow New Yorkers who, who need so much, um, especially after Hurricane Sandy. You know, the, the outpouring has been tremendous, and, uh, you know, I hope that people's generosity stays at this level. Well, it's, that's, that's what I think makes New York amazing is that there are so many people and so many avenues of connections. And, and it's great that, that horticulture and food um, and giving and generosity can all be a part of that fabric. Yep. 
Yep, yep, we really appreciate it. And and uh you know, hunger is a year round issue. It doesn't doesn't go away when, you know, Hurricane Sandy victims are back on their feet. There's right. there's it's it's still you it's know, one point two million people one point right. two million people in New York City living in poverty. Mm-hmm. Uh it's you know, it's a huge number and it's it's unfortunate that we've got you know, the 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 pro, the prosperity and also the poverty. It's just yeah, you know the fact fact of life. Exactly. Well, thank you, Matthew, for sharing us. You know, sharing with us how you all work and shedding some light on on all the good work, and uh, for joining us today on We Dig Plants and explaining your vision. It's been wonderful. Thank you. Okay, thanks to Jack Inslee for producing and to Joe G for engineering. Thanks to Roberta's Pizza in Bushwick and to our sponsor. Uh, Please leave any comments and join our Facebook fan page, Groundworks Inc. We Dig Plants. And we're also on Twitter. We're tweeting, We Dig Plants. Uh, And also visit our website, groundworksgardens.com. Happy gardening. Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.